Hello everybody! I am sorry that I have been away for a little bit. I went back to my home department at my job. It's been a little crazy and to be honest my garage band was once again giving me a little bit of problems but we're here, we're back and we are ready to record. Uh, before I get into my normal introduction that I have for this podcast, um, I just want to address something that you're going to hear different. I've been saying in my introduction hope and recovery for borderline personality disorder. And I got thinking on that for a little while about the word recovery, and that started to not sit so well with me. And the reason that is, is because the more I walk through my journey, the more that I personally feel as if management is a better word um, when it comes to BPD. There is the chance that people with BPD will eventually hit a point where they no longer actually qualify for having this diagnosis. But there's also a chance you might not. And as hard of a pill as that might be to swallow, that's not a bad thing. Um, Instead of recovery, I want to look at the word management and how we manage our symptoms, our reactions, and our life. So from now on, the introduction is going to be, welcome to Borderline and Back, Hope, Management, and Resilience for Borderline Personality Disorder. So let's get into it then. This is Borderline and Back. This is my journey sharing my experiences with Borderline Personality Disorder in the hope that some of you might relate, might draw some inspiration, might not feel so alone if you're really struggling with your diagnosis. That being said, I'm also here for those of you who have a loved one with BPD and you might be having a hard time understanding their diagnosis, some of their reactions, or even some of the mannerisms that they might have. But before we get into this week's episode, this is just a reminder, I'm not a doctor, a therapist, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, a counselor, or even a life coach. I'm just here sharing my journey of having borderline personality disorder. I talk about my ADHD quite a lot as well. And the more comfortable I get with this diagnosis and with this podcast, the more I'm really excited to share that with you. I often find it very funny that I will say that I'm going to talk about an episode um, at the end of another episode with a, a topic and that I frequently derail myself with that. And I'm going to say that it's my prerogative because it's my podcast. Um, I had wanted to talk about eating disorders with BPD, ADHD, and I had fully been intending on doing that. And then life happened. A uh, Life happened last Thursday, last Friday, a week, week and a half ago. Doesn't matter when it happened, but life happened. And it sucked. It hurt. It really, really hurt. Sometimes I take jot notes down on what I want to talk about for this podcast. And when I went to do that, when this initially happened, this event happened, I wrote down crisis, betrayal, disappointment, and letting go. And that kind of makes me laugh now because I use the word betrayal. And that's a very, very, very hyperbolic term. I wouldn't necessarily say that what happened was a betrayal. Maybe a deceit, but definitely not a betrayal. I'd been seeing someone since June, spending quite a bit of time with them, getting to know them. And last week, a week and a half ago, they posted on Instagram a picture of them in bed with a woman holding their hand. And I saw it. 
Gotta love social media for that, right guys? And it hurt. And then after that, I saw more posts pop up, including this woman's hand that he was holding wearing an engagement ring. And all of a sudden, all these highlights popping up with things like love of my life and stuff like that. And it hurt. Guys, it hurt so bad. I I struggled. This was kind of my first attempt at dating since my divorce. And I started going through my head all of the ways that I failed in this whole dating situation. And I was beating myself and beating myself up about... I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not pretty enough, I'm too old, I'm not covered in tattoos, I'm struggling with vulnerability, so because of that, like, all of this happened. And I cried. Don't get me wrong, I cried. I let myself feel that sadness, that pain, that emotion, but I didn't get lost in it. And that's so incredible. I just sat and I cried until I felt better. And then after I had that cathartic release of crying, I started having some positive self-talk in my own head. And I realized that this was not about me at all. Or at least it wasn't as much about me as I was putting on myself. It had nothing to do with my deficiencies as a person. I'm a good person. I, I know that fundamentally I'm a good person. I'm a caring person. I'm intelligent, I'm funny, I'm a little naive, and definitely over-trusting when I shouldn't be, and skeptical when I don't need to be, but we're working on it, we're going to grow. I realized that I definitely ignored some red flags, even when they were presented to me, but again, I think that's because I'm an internal or eternal optimist, an eternal romantic And again, that doesn't make me a bad person. It just means that sometimes I'm going to get taken advantage of here. And I need to work on building resiliency for that. The other thing that I was really proud of myself in this situation was that I really used that whole stop skill that we talked about in the last uh, DBT minisode. I didn't react. I didn't attack. (laughs) All I did was I, I blocked this guy. I removed him from my social medias. I deleted all of our messages, any pictures that we had kind of thing. I erased him. When I say I didn't react, I mean, I didn't blow up his phone. I didn't send him message after message after message about how terrible of a person he was, how poorly he treated me, anything like that. I also didn't try to find this girl on his socials. I just sat with it put my phone down like I've advised before I I took my own advice and that was such a huge thing for me to do and it was one of those things that really showed me how far I've come since I was diagnosed with BPD since I really started to take my management and my growth super seriously because as much as I liked this guy as much as I was probably attached to him, we've talked about attachment um, before, I don't want to be with someone or spend time with someone who has that complete lack of character at all. That is so against my own morals, my own values, 
and so against the type of person that I'm trying to be in my day-to-day life. It's funny because the more I record episodes, the more I kind of take my own advice, if that makes any sense. And when this all happened, I got thinking about that episode that I did on favorite person and that advice that I gave at the end about how important it is for everyone, each one of us, for me, for you, to really work on being our own favorite person, to know who we are, to put as much care and energy and love into ourselves as we try to put into other people. And I don't just say these things, guys, to try and sound like this pinnacle of BPD management or whatever. I say it sometimes as a reminder to myself and sometimes, well, more than sometimes, very often because it actually is what I'm doing in my day-to-day life. And truthfully, I fully believe that because I've been working so hard on being my own favorite person, of finding myself, of loving myself, of really respecting myself, if you will, building that character, building that character resiliency, general resiliency, examining what I value in life, what my morals are. I've mentioned moral compass work. And knowing that, I firmly believe is why I was able to handle this situation so extremely well. I mentioned before, it was partially about realizing that what all happened here wasn't about me. And it's through that own self-favorite person, I don't know how else to say it, through all of that identity development and character development that really led me to actually believe that this time. In the past, when I had been broken up with or during my divorce, you couldn't have told me at all that what had happened wasn't entirely my fault. I shouldered all of that blame. All of it. Even though that's not right. That's that's not true. It's the farthest thing from the truth, really. But what I've been able to do now is see myself through a more authentic lens and to see others. And also to realize that I'm going to be okay. That even if someone hurt me, betrayed my trust, if you will, again, betrayal is a bit of a hyperbolic word, but I can't really think of anything else to say here. I know that I'm able to get past this because I've done it before and I'm going to be able to do it again. And as much as I want to build up walls to try and protect myself, because no one likes to experience these feelings, this rejection, this insane sadness and pain. I also know that if I build up those walls to protect myself or That's not even really protecting myself, let's be honest. I'm not protecting myself that way. If I build up walls, I'm not going to be able to have the relationships with people that I want to. I'm not going to be able to hopefully one day, excuse my overly romantic ass here, but I do want to eventually find someone to spend the rest of my life with. And if I put up walls or if I try to hide who I am, try to protect myself in a lot of ways, hide the best parts of me by being scared, that's never going to happen at all. And I know and I'm coming to accept that sometimes I might be a little bit much. 
I might be a little more emotional than some people. I tend to do everything bigger, if that makes sense. It's that hyperbolic temperament. When I'm sad, I'm really sad. When I'm happy, I'm ecstatic. I will be jumping around the kitchen singing. I do, I just, I do everything bigger. And I don't want to suppress that anymore. I want to keep living my life authentically. And if that's not for someone, then ultimately that's their problem, not mine. Something else that I've been thinking on, and it's kind of related, it's kind of, you know, going with the flow, just (laughs) free form thoughts here while I record. But I mentioned that sometimes I'm scared of representing who I am authentically to people around me. I feel like I need to wear a mask, try and be what people expect me to be. And I know that that is completely a trauma response. I know that that comes from the type of environment I was raised in. And that it's something that I slowly need to unlearn to do. That I do not have to be what people around me expect me to be. The other thing is, I don't necessarily know what people around me expect me to be like anyway, so why bother? But I recently come to a realization that I am most comfortable being my absolute, true and authentic self with strangers. People I don't know. People that I may have just met. And especially people that I am pretty sure I'll never see again. And the reason is that I don't have expectations or I feel like there's not expectations being put on me. I feel like it's okay to let all the walls down almost to kind of test drive what that might feel like in my day-to-day life. And oddly enough, I've recently bumped into people that I never thought I would see again that I had just shown Maggie to. And the feedback that I get kind of blows my mind because I don't often see myself as an overly like entertaining or funny. And I know this makes no sense because earlier I said these things, but again, this is the way that I live my life in my head. And I, I don't know if that's a BPD thing or if that's a low self-esteem thing. Hey, it could be both for all I know here. But I have people just say that I really made an impression on them. And that kind of blows my mind because when I think of it, it's one of those. But you saw the most ridiculous versions of me. And how could you like that? I wasn't perfect. (laughs) I was flawed. I, I told you all of my flaws. I told you my life story. And here you are trying to to reconnect. And that's such an odd thing for me to, like I said, wrap my head around. Because I've felt my entire life like if I wasn't perfect, you know, having everything together, either being this (laughs) great employee moving up in the world of things or just trying to be completely in control that no one would like me. No one would want me, but it's, it's the opposite guys. Like what makes us all beautiful inside and out 
is that we're all unique. We're all quirky. Otherwise, we're just kind of granola. Nothing, you, you blend, you don't, you don't stand out. And sometimes that idea of standing out is absolutely terrifying. So terrifying because it's so vulnerable. But it's when we do that, again, that we build those genuine connections, kind of like when I was talking about just letting people help you, even though we want to be completely in control and not feel like we are depending on people because in the past we haven't been able to do that. But this is actually a really similar situation. It's scary, even putting down your walls a little bit. But it kind of pays off in the long run. We spend so much time wanting to be loved, wanting people to understand how deeply we love them, wanting to be accepted, wanting to feel connected. And at least for myself, I spend so much time doing things that, reflecting on it, work in complete opposition of what I want. And the more I go through therapy and the more I work on my DBT skills and the more I reach out and I I talk to people, people I trust, people who I know have the best for me, the more I realize that it's okay to be me and that some of my best parts are my extremely quirky parts. And that... I need to start showing that to more people around me because when I do that, I'm actually able to expand my circle and not feel so alone, not feel like so much of an outsider the way I've felt like for a lot of my life since I was a little kid, maybe five or six was the first time I really remember feeling that all through high school, all through university and for a good chunk of my adult life too. So in a similar fashion to when I did that favorite person episode and I said, figure out the ways that you're your own favorite person here. And this is going to be hard, what I'm about to say. It's going to be hard for me to do it too, but let's do it together, guys. Um, I want you to think and, and write it down, type it out, make a voice memo, memo on your phone. I want this to be something that you can easily reference when you're having a hard time or you're feeling low or you're feeling self-conscious. I, I want you to think of and write down three things that make you a truly unique and incredible person. And this might be hard for you to do, depending on where you're at, whether that be in your management journey, in if you're in a dark or low place in your life right now, this might be hard. And if, if that's the case, I'm, I'm going to suggest that you reach out to someone who you really trust, someone who you've let your walls down around, if you will, and, and ask them the same thing. Ask them what makes you incredible. Ask them what makes you unique. Ask them why they love you, why they care about you, why you're just this unique, incredible little butterfly, if you will. And, and I'm going to do the same thing. And I'm going to hold myself accountable so that next week when I hop on here, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you guys what I think the best parts of me are. And like I said, you're going to write this down. You're going to put it on your phone. I actually think the phone notes is a really awesome idea. 
Or even better, like let's turn this into a background for our phones. I can do that through Canva, it's this free software. You, you can make your own backgrounds and that's what I'm gonna do. Just to continue to remind myself why I'm worthy of connections and why people who I bump into, people who are in my life, whether they be friends, coworkers, casual acquaintances, even if I'm out on a date, why these people would genuinely want to get to know me, get to know Maggie, not the Maggie that might be wearing a mask, the Maggie that might be trying to fit an expectation, fit a mold, because I I can't fit a mold, guys. (laughs) I'm never going to be able to fit a mold. No one can fit a mold. And I I don't want to be cookie cutter either. And maybe that's something with age. Maybe that's something that I've realized through therapy and recovery is that I'd rather be unique, be me, than just kind of like blend in at this point. That might make no sense. I've spent so much time just wanting to blend in, but at the same time on the inside, just wanting to stand out. Or maybe not stand out, but wanting to feel comfortable enough to be me in the way that seems to come so naturally for other people. So that's going to be our weekly challenge, guys. We're going to find ways that we're amazing together. And again, if you're having a hard time doing that for yourself, find your biggest hype man, your biggest hype woman, your biggest fan, and do it there and reflect on it. Because even though you might not always feel that way, you might not see that in yourself. It's true. It's true. It, it, it really, really is. And I'm a firm believer that as we start accepting this, it, it's a big part of management of BPD. It's another part of character building. It's another part of identity development. That's self-love and that self-acceptance. And we don't always have to be our biggest fan every single day. It's kind of like we might have good days, we might have bad days with our symptoms and how we present with our BPD, but it's about having more good days than bad days and working towards that end goal. I know that this episode is kind of all over the place. I've just been kind of dumping my thoughts. I'm out of sync. I'm out of practice. And I guess this is what happens when you go this long without recording. But hopefully you guys found something out of this, even though, again, this truly is one of those episodes that's really more like a a verbal diary entry of mine instead of maybe a bit more practical advice that I like to do fairly often. So until I go and get the DBT mini-sode up for this week, again, I know that I'm behind in that. Have a great day, everyone. I hope the next week... You can move into it with some positive intentions. Go into it with a good place. And like I always say, if you're struggling, you're doing better than you think you are. I tell myself all that time, or tell myself that, if you will, all the time. And it's weeks like this or situations like this where I can reflect on it and be proud of myself with how I managed it. And seeing some growth, whether it be through that interaction or where I'm at now about 
not allowing myself to put up walls and to present myself more authentically that I know I'm managing my BPD so well. I can see the amazing progress that I've had on my journey. And that's something that everyone can have, or at least I believe that anyone with borderline personality disorder can have. As long as they're consistent with the work, as long as you show up, it's possible. So until next time, everyone, give yourself a little grace. You're doing better than you think you are. Bye.